Let's get to our first guest, as he always is, to lead off the show, Travis Yost from tsn.ca. Travis, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing today, Andy? Doing good, brother. So, uh, as we talked about last week, we're starting to ease into the the month of the se- the fourth week of the season. And you recently wrote about the cautionary tool of shooting percentages on TSM.ca. And we know typically each year some teams start off really high. This season, Ottawa, New Jersey, and Vegas. Other clubs have struggled. Edmonton and Montreal, for example. So. Historically, how much do the top teams regress as we get into the second month of the season and beyond that? Yeah, the cautionary tale here is like, look right out of the gate. You've got a Montreal team and Edmonton team that are shooting under 4% at 5-on-5. And you have a New Jersey and Vegas team that are shooting double digits, 11-12%. It's really interesting. If you go back and look at the 10 best shooting percentage teams in the first month of the season and the 10 worst shooting percentage teams in the first month of the season, the next 70 games are indiscernible from one another, from the best shooting team to the worst shooting team. So so all of these teams, regardless of the start, will move back towards around 8% shooting. And, And the whole point is not to rain on parades. The whole point is, like, last night was a great example. Vegas shot, I think, close to, I think they shot an NBA field goal percentage against Colorado. <laughs> it was like, a, I would say high 20s, low 30s. And, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an awesome wave to ride when things are going your way. But that's, that's why we focus a lot on, you know, making sure that you're winning the scoring chance battle. You're not taking a lot of penalties. You're giving your team the best opportunities because those shooting percentages are very, they can fluctuate wildly. Like the, the Vegas game last night, they scored on every single breakaway, and that's that's pretty much been the theme for their first month of the season, whereas a team like Edmonton has been in the complete opposite position. Still a very, uh, same amount of a high volume of scoring chances, a lot of great looks. They just couldn't buy a goal in the first few weeks. I, I I am more I am more optimistic about Edmonton, I think, than most uh, fans, especially local fans right now. And uh, I, I think one of the big reasons why is the only thing is they, they just can't seem to buy a goal right now. It'll come. Right, and, and that's what you have to remember, right? Like it, it, it will come at some point. It's just for fans a matter of well, when is it, when is that going to happen? And, and Travis, we just don't have the crystal ball to answer that, right? <laughs> no, we don't. But I, I do think it's an important uh, point to make. Points in the bank matter, right? Mm-hmm. So, like we we could sit here and say, okay, yeah, Vegas won't shoot twelve percent the rest of the year, and Montreal and Edmonton won't shoot four percent the rest of the year. Oh, it's true. That's all fine and well. But here's here's the reality: Vegas is eight and one out of the gate. Montreal has what two wins? Like you're going to start getting to a point, you know, with each incremental game, you start getting more and more to a point of, okay, even if, and, and by the way, I think Montreal's a very plagued team from top to bottom. So maybe they're not the best example, but the Edmonton Oilers, I think are a much better team. So maybe Edmonton's a better example. So look at Edmonton and say, okay, like we, we expect them to really bounce back. And, and I think most people do, but the reality is they're sitting, what, fifth, sixth in the division. They've got all of two wins to their name too two or three wins at most, and look, at at the end of the day, you're going to start running out of runway if if your game doesn't really rebound pretty quickly. If we're we're still having the same conversation a month from now, the, the Oilers might be in a lot more trouble than we think. Right, and it's a terrific point there, Travis, because, yeah, it's like, oh, this can't continue, but yeah, the points in the bank matter, and I made the, the comment last week, and I'll use it again here, the Columbus Blue Jackets went on that run, and it sustained them to be competitive and in the playoff race the whole season. Yeah, last year was incredible. They 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 played. I want to say, outside of that incredible winning streak last year, they pretty much played 500 hockey. Like they were an average team, and they had one great streak, and that propelled them into the playoffs. And it was, it's actually interesting. You bring up Columbus. 
in, in the hierarchy of teams that have been maybe the most impressive, and I haven't written about them yet, but I, I think that might be teed up for this week, I think the Blue Jackets have been awesome. Like In, in the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference, it's probably some blend of Tampa Bay, Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Columbus, and I, and I am ready to put Columbus in that mix. Yeah, well, there's, as of Saturday, 7-3-0 and right now. Now, Travis, you wrote a, and in conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost, um, you wrote an article on, on the Canadian teams when it looks at the production from their third and fourth lines from the bottom six. Now, as expected, I think, the top six forwards are where the majority of goals come from teams. But for the Canadian teams, the bottom six, take us through how they're doing. Uh, awful. Rancid, uh-huh. I think is the word in the article. Um, <laughs> yes. So Toronto, Toronto's getting scoring from everywhere, so let's set them aside. They have issues on the defensive side, not the offensive side. And Vancouver has had has created an interesting situation where they've actually moved some of their really talented players, uh, maybe older players in the Sedin Twins, for example, really into bottom six roles at this point in their career. And so they're getting production. So let's put those two aside. If you go through the list, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal – their production from their bottom six forwards, I think at the time of the article Tuesday, none of those teams had more than two five-on-five goals from from their bottom six. And I want to say Montreal and and uh, Montreal and Winnipeg, I don't believe, had a single goal five-on-five from their bottom six. Basically, top to bottom, it's pretty much a disaster. And it's funny, when I wrote the article, every fan base, you know, I had a bunch of Flames fans, Flames fans say, oh, yeah, my, like I'm sure we, you know, we were the genesis of the article, and the, the Flames fans are actually right. I was noticing how poorly productive players like Sam Bennett, Curtis Lazar, and Troy Brower had been to start the year. But like Jets fans thought the same thing. It's like, oh, we must have been the reason why you wrote this article. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you just you guys just have all these interesting commonalities. You get no no scoring from anyone in your bottom six. It, it, just for some context here, like the the average bottom six forward will score about 0.5 goals every 60 minutes. So if you give a if you give a bottom six forward 120 minutes, he will score a goal. The the situation here is we are in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of accumulated minutes already for for each individual, you know, for the for the collective bottom six forwards in these markets. And again, we're talking about zero, one, or two goals from their entire bottom six, which is dreadful. Um, and again, for some context, Toronto has I think more than ten goals now um, from their bottom six. So it's yeah, it's it's the depth is hurting them. They're not getting a lot of offense there. And each one of those teams that I mentioned. They have their own individual issues, but also on top of that, not a lot of scoring depth behind their big guns. Yeah, and that, that comes back to bite you, that depth. One more for you here, Travis. Ottawa Senators been scoring at a high rate, and hey, like it or not, 5-1-5 and five as of Saturday, second place in the Atlantic. Uh, lots of people saying, okay, hey, they're riding the, the, the hot goaltending of Craig Anderson, scoring at a high rate, but uh, people weren't quite sure if they were going to be able to carry over the success from last year's postseason run. It's been done so far. Where do you see the Senators faring over the rest of this season as they stand now? Yeah, Ottawa is a really interesting team. Um, they, they don't there are many times during an Ottawa game where they just look bad. And then there are many times <laughs> in an Ottawa game where they look great. I don't know that you have such a spread of like observation for any other team in the league where on one shift you'd be like, wow, they are terrible. And on the next shift you're like, oh, that's why they made it to the Easter Conference Final last year. <laughs> I, I, I just think that the one thing that numbers people, myself included, have discounted a bit um, on the Ottawa side, unfair to Ottawa, is their – they're big guns. They're top line. They're top six. And when they have the Eric Carlson pairing on the ice, they are truly one of the better teams in the league. And they, they dominate in ways that only few teams can. 
again, you know, back to the back to your second question though about like depth scoring and how it's such an issue. What's going to hurt Ottawa in the long run is the same thing that hurt them last year and the year before and the year before is that they don't really have like a second or third pairing or a third or fourth line that you can constantly throw out there and be like, we're fine. Like it, most of the time, it's you know hair raising on my arms time if I'm an <laughs> Ottawa fan watching that game and I'm either protecting a lead or chasing a game late. Like you just don't have a lot of confidence in the bottom half of their roster. But look. Ottawa's not the only team that has depth issues. Like, m- most of the teams in the league have some sort of depth issue. Their goaltending has been fine. They have, you know, two, three, four really accomplished forward scorers, and they have the best defensemen in the world. Like, that type of recipe is the same exact reason why Edmonton, who is another super top-heavy team, it- it's another reason why they'll be in the playoffs, too. Like, when you have one great line, and if you can get a second good line behind them, and you've got some goaltending, and you have one good defensive pairing, you're going to be pretty tough to beat against the average NHL team. The, the-, the question is... How do we take a playoff team and put them to a Stanley Cup contender? The answer right. is almost always going to be depth. Yeah, taking that next step. And Travis, it's, that is it's such a, a good point you make because from a fan base, you're always listen. If you're a fan, you always want you to build your team to be perfect, right? And that's just not going to happen. There's a lot of imperfect teams. So even if you're not, if you don't have the most complete team, it doesn't mean you can't be a playoff contender and actually go on a decent run because there are, most teams are not built like that. I, I, I would challenge anyone. Like, go go watch the Stanley Cup final last year. You had Predators fans saying, well, we don't have that game-changing forward. And you got Penguins fans saying, like, we just really need one more good defenseman. And right. I'm like, you guys are in the Stanley you're Cup in the final. Cup. Like, understand your problems. Are, you, you might be right. And both of those fan bases are right. But on a relative scale, like, you know, you've got that end of the spectrum, and then you go on the other end of the spectrum, and you look at Montreal, and it's like, we literally don't have a forward who can score 20 goals. Like, not the same exact issue, um, but, but it issues for both teams, nonetheless. Exactly. Uh, Travis, great stuff as always, man. Let's do it again next week. All right, take care, man. All right, Travis Yost on Twitter, at Travis Yost. You can find all his articles on tsn.ca, and he posts them as well, at Travis Yost.